Hello everyone, The Vern here from Cinema Recall here to tell you about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio app for your iOS and Android phone. It picks up the most trended articles on the web and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable. Stop scrolling, start listening, go to newsly.me, use the promo code RECALL, and get one month free of their premium service. Check it out, and now, back to the show. This podcast may contain adult language, adult situations, spoilers, and some brief nudity, so parental guidance is adjusted. We have such sights to show you. After about five minutes of this movie, you're gonna wish you had ten beers. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Oh well. La di da, la di da, la la. Welcome back to the Cinema Recall Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to this very special episode of the Cinema Recall Podcast. I am your host, well at least one of your hosts, The Vern, and I'm recording this intro on my phone thanks to Anchor. So this episode is a compilation of past episodes from 2022. Yes, it's our best of 2022 episode. Uh, Ashley and I had many great wonderful guests and we are going to compile a little playlist of wonderful great guests that have been on the show. I'm very sorry we cannot feature every single guest that was on our show. Otherwise, the show would just take too long. And right now, it's pretty long as it is, but I hope you enjoy hearing it. I will post links to our guests on there. Well, I'll post links to our main episodes and you can follow the people on there as well. Uh, but yes, I hope you all enjoy the show and I hope you have a fun with that. Uh, let's, we'll play our ad spots and our sponsorships. Get that shit out of the way, and then we'll just dive onto the episode just right here and there. So thank you all for listening, and thank you for being a wonderful supporter. Uh, if you like this podcast and you want to help support us, join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pod. You'll usually get like bonus episodes or episodes ahead of everyone else, except for this one here. Uh, but anyways, folks, I'm dabbling on long enough. We're going to get to our show right away. Anyways, love you all. Take care. Goodbye. Have you ever watched a movie and thought, I wish that character got more screen time? Or maybe that character's backstory is way more interesting than our heroes, or even, my god, they didn't include my favourite character from the book? Well, you've come to the right place. Unproduced and Unadapted is a podcast about all the sidekicks overlooked, the villains done wrong, the background characters that stole the show, and the characters missing from adaptations. We also discuss all those books and comics that haven't been adapted and all those movies that set up the sequel and then we never got it. Each episode we discuss all the sequels, prequels, spin-offs and adaptations they should have made. We talk potential storylines, dream casting and pitch our own missing movie, TV show or comic. You can find Unproduced and Unadapted on every podcast app as well as on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Unproduced Unadapted and you can find every episode as well as all the show notes and blog posts at unproducedunadapted.com
one, it's the Vertigin. So one thing I hate the most about watching movies is when I go to watch a movie or show on my favorite streaming site and seeing that the movie or show I want is only available in another country. What do you do? Well, I'll tell you what you do right now. You go to ExpressVPN, expressvpn.com slash pod and get three months free of their services. Uh, ExpressVPN will give you access to view other movies and shows from other countries. So find out what Netflix is like in the UK. Find out what Hulu is like in the Netherlands. Again, expressvpn.com slash pod and get three months free of the services. I hope you enjoy and happy movie watching, everyone. Good night. It's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it you always talk? All the time. I can't understand why you're this, this, voice this is the merman, the voice of reason. These two can't awesome. agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo. Some are just... Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. This podcast is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Find out how you can become a member by going to the website, letschatpodcast.net. All right, so this section features guest and friend of the show, Chuck Staten, formerly of the Chuck and Brad podcast, now part of Fun Bearable, and this section is the most vulgar and most likely obscene section of the podcast, but it's extremely funny, and I didn't want to lose it. You'll see where to find Chuck's show in the show notes, so be sure to check out Fun Bearable. It's a great podcast that you co-host with uh, Brad of that formerly Chuck and Brad podcast show. Uh, anyways, here you go. Enjoy. These people here called Two Minutes of Late Night, they did a melody of famous electronic dance songs from the 90s. EDM? So if you know, if you're, if you're, if you're in the club back you, in the 90s. Bitch, you know I was. Yeah. I mm-hmm. was in the club. I know you're dancing mm-hmm. some of the songs right here. I know you were too, were Chuck too. You were probably dancing to a lot of these songs. In the songs. 90s? 90s? I mean, you gotta think. When when the 90s ended, I was 15 years old. Oh, okay. What the fuck, <laughs> <Chuck>? Yeah. Really? <laughs> 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 Why is it that all the dudes I think are hot are, yeah. like, younger than me? I'm just an old bitch. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm hey. interested. I'm interested oh. in older women I'm right cr- now. I'm creeping. Just right I, now, though. Yep. Right oh. Hey. <laughs> That these young bitches ain't got shit. That's true. No, no, no. I just I dated young for many a year. And I bet now you did. I'm like, I, yeah, yeah, I did. Robin so the now, cradle. I'm gonna tell you something. Whoa. Yes. Listen. Shrimp cocktail. When if it I comes, want shrimp. When it comes to us older ladies, there's like less drama. We're not trying to like secretly get knocked up to lock it, it down. Yeah, right, right. We just want a little shrimp cocktail and go home. What mm-hmm. have you done? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. You know what? Another benefit of, of older women dating older women is directives. That's so fucked up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Uh, <laughs> <Hysterectomies>. <laughs> <So> what? <laughs> what? 
I, I did a girl once that, you know, actually had her, like, her tubes fixed. Tied, yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. she was like, you don't need to worry about condom with me. Just, you know, go all you want to. I'm like, oh, okay. You're like, sweet. Yeah, sure. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. This Thank you. bitch I didn't wanna... is a condom, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to dump it all in. Oh, It'll Jesus. smell a little weird tomorrow. <laughs> Like bleach. Bleach Somebody else <laughs> told me that, and I'm like, it does. does it smells like bleach. Yeah, oh yeah. That's oh, fucking yeah. weird. <laughs> I know. Wait, till you're close. I'm gonna tell you something. Us ladies, we do not think it smells like bleach. We're just very insecure about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I believe oh. it. We're like, ugh. Please. No, I know. I know. Back away. I know. Brush your I teeth with you. that. I'm, I'm. I'm the same way. <laughs> the fuck? Brush your teeth with that. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, that was quite a turn. Sorry. It's worse when you're clean cut like that. At least when you were like all disgusting and hobo. Y'all, they both. He expected like, it. He's like, excuse yeah, me, like, let me get my new reach toothbrush. Yeah. Just get, let me get a little, a little swab. All right. When you were, when you were poorly quaffed and you looked like a crazy hobo on a I subway did. train, I expected like some sexual. Yeah. I know. So, oh. sexual all right. Now I got to clean my, I instead of clean shaving, now I got to clean my yeah. ass up now. Yeah, all now right. Now I can't, like I can't gentleman. be a fucking pervert and weird guy oh, anymore. No, anymore. no, you definitely. Look at me. Look at. No, he can definitely be more of a pervert now because people don't expect it. Yeah. They're yeah, like, not true. this guy. Look yeah. at him. He's so clean cut. See? He's not weird. He's fine, you guys. Why are you? Brush your teeth with Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, listen. Sorry, folks. Our I mean, show is you, R-rated, all right? Yeah, you you already said cum dumpster. I mean, you yeah, already see? Oh, yeah. Too, I, was, I gotta say. I've been waiting to use that for days. Oh. I've been... <laughs> for days. Okay. I was like, when can I use cum dumpster? That's something I haven't said in a while. <laughs> Buy me a coffee. Get me caffeinated. Yeah. She'll make up a song on the spot about make up a song on the Vern's spot. deformities. Yes. Oh, you guys. There are so many. See? Wait. <laughs> there are. Buttery nipples. <laughs> <laughs> you see that face? It's parquet. Wait. Buttery nipples. See? Parquet. Parquet. <laughs> I use straight Someti real butter. But sometimes I can't believe it's not butter. Listen. The first time I met Dave. Or Dave. <laughs> That's our friend who That's I met friend. Vern through. Yep. The first time I met Vern was at Dave's house, and we were at this. They, we had a giant house party. party. Big party. He had a big backyard mm -hmm. with the volleyball courts in there. Yeah, and we and used like the poles for the volleyball nets as as poles. Yeah, for dancing. For dancing poles. Yeah. You and, La you and Letitia did. Me and Letitia did. Yeah, yeah. We sure did. It was Boy, good times. We had a great time at that house, but Vern was like, "Hey, you guys, who wants a buttery nipple?" And I. Opened the refrigerator, grabbed a stick of butter, and rubbed it all over Vern's nipples. And I said, "There you go, buddy." <laughs> that was like through his shirt or what? That was a no, nope. no, no, straight up upon his nipples. Yep. There was probably what? hair in the butter. The, <laughs> I put it right back in the fridge. I kind of wonder if like Jim Vo was like fucking dirty butter now. <laughs> I I messed him with the house. Probably did eat that butter. Not even <laughs> knowing about it. That's the weird thing too. Did I was butter. I was not living in the house at that time. You weren't in the basement nope, at that time. Nope, I, I was not living in the house huh. at the time. Cool. So yeah. random roommate that was there. Yeah. They had I, the essence of Vern on the toast. Essence of Vern. So, I love essence of Vern toast. The, I tell you, it's a great flavor to have. Hey, you got. You know what we should do? What? We should have essence of Chuck toast sometime. Oh, essence of Chuck Ooh, toast. I would like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. See? That's what I'm saying. You know, it's like. Uh, I want it on twelve grain bread though. Tw twelve grain bread. Uh, yeah. I, I need I need, a, I need on crackers actually is what I needed on there. 
You want it yes. on a cracker. You would have it on a cracker. A cracker. This Toil is house. a man who will eat anything with Fritos or anything crunchy. I do want Fritos. He does. Anything with Fritos. Frosting, <laughs> cheese, Oh, my God. You know what soup. I did the other, the other morning? What? I woke up and Peanut I was, butter. like, late for work. Well, I knew I was going to be late for work. But I was, like, so exhausted that I was like, I have to eat something. So I took out. <laughs> I have these, like, low-carb tortillas. And they're, like, 50 calories. So I'm like, this is fine. And so I took a couple bites. I'm like, this is horrible. So then I, opened, you I opened a can of chocolate frosting yeah. and smeared it all over the tortilla. Yep. I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. <laughs> well, you've done that before, Chuck. You had, like, you know, taking food that like, doesn't I'm go gonna well. I was like, I'm going to take this low carb and really just carb it up. Yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> smear it with, with chocolate frosting. Because swear when you're, you know, growing up and you're poor, you oh, get, yeah. you know, a thing of Fritos for, like, pretty cheap. So I have Fritos, peanut butter, yeah. ramen, uh-huh. a can of vegetables, oh, some yeah. rice. We would always yeah. make, um, like, if we were desperate for something, like a treat. First of all, we weren't allowed to cook because my brother set our house on fire once on purpose, on accident. He was <laughs> playing with fire as pyro. But anyway, so we weren't allowed to use the oven. And so I figured out how to make cookies by, like, mixing a couple things together and putting it in the microwave. So that was like mm-hmm. our pure desperation. We're like, I really need a snack, but my dad will never buy treats. And then the other thing we would eat all the time when we were like in desperate need of like a sugar fix was like rice with butter and cinnamon and sugar. Oh, very cool. And I will still yes. eat that to this day for breakfast. It's so good. It does sound damn I think good. That a, a lot of people take a tortilla and they put it in a pan and they put butter and just sugar and cinnamon and roll yeah, it up. That's right. a common thing, I yeah. think. Yeah, that is. And then that's, that's kind of just like a Generic. lapsa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lefse. Lefse. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Should we bring mm-hmm. up our, our next song? This next section features wonderful friend of the show and great guest, Jason Soto from Rabbit Hole Podcast. He hosts many great programs at Rabbit Hole. And Ashley, myself, and Jason talk about one of his favorite sponsors, Runpy, as well as other fun things. Enjoy. I need to address this because, okay, so you've been promoting a certain uh, app on the iPhones. Yes. A certain company yep. called Run P. Okay. Run P, yes. I hear this on every episode of What I Was Jason Soto. And so if you don't know yep. what this is, uh, it's an app on your phone and it will tell you the great times to go use the bathroom if you need to, especially for like long movies. Yep. You go on this app and it says, all right, this would be the perfect time. To, for you to leave and use the bathroom, which, hey, I totally get it. If people want to use that, I just never could. I got to sit through all of it. Let's put it this way. I went to a theater once that was far out of town. I went to go see The Irishman. Oh, that's quite long. In theaters. Mm-hmm. No one very well I could see it on Netflix. <laughs> Smart. <clears throat> and I sat through this three-hour-long movie really wanted to go to the bathroom but I didn't I, I suffered it. Okay. through it you know not and, a, and that's, now that? you're just bladder bragging and that's <laughs> and, not everybody can hold it and that is what you do in yeah. movies damn it and that is why <clears throat> there's P run P run <laughs> run P run P run that's a rip off app that yeah. someone tried to download that's, that's the one I would come up with <laughs> I would tell everyone but, the wrong one because I always fuck it up Run P. Oh, well, P Run is kind of great, too. I think that the ad would work great if you could still watch the movie while you're in the bathroom. 
It would only give you like little clips while you're peeing, or something like that. Something where they have like it doesn't have to have the audio, but just like the video, well, and like subtitles well, there. Vern. You see, Vern, the whole point is it gives you the parts in a movie where nothing interesting happens. But yeah. everything interesting happens. Often, well, no. There's always interesting so stuff. So not true. Yeah, everything is, is interesting. So what? No, everything that's like, in there. They could be picking dandelions for five minutes with the clouds moving. Movie. Yep. That is probably my favorite part of that movie is that dandelion picking her, right? Oy, boy. <laughs> Vern no, doesn't want to miss no. a thing. No, Vern I... will explode his bladder and die with his urine <laughs> on the inside of his body before he misses a minute of a movie. I'm like, I want to see every single shot. Vern said, I wish I had go-go gadget penis. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I could just snake it into the Actually, bathroom. we all kind of wish we all had go Yeah, gadget see, yeah. Go-go gadget. Go go gadget penis. <laughs> and then I really thought Chewie was a girl for forever. Oh, shit, okay. All right. But I don't, I don't he's I not. I yeah. that. I'm going to have to uh, rewatch no, it. Chewie's very it. much of. I do. You've seen the Star Wars holiday special. I was going to say, because he has Chewie a girlfriend. A That's right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you see him deck his halls? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wait a minute. Yeah. Bow, bows hey of, hey balls hey of holly. Balls of holly. Woo. All right. Uh, but yeah, he's trained these pilots. It's uh, got uh, Jennifer Connelly. It's got Malice Teller. Uh, the story is actually. It's got Jennifer Connelly? Yes, Jennifer Connelly. I'm in. Ass to ass. I can't. I can't. I should think of her as in Labyrinth, but see, I can't. I, All I think about is ass to ass with with when I think of I Jennifer Connelly. That. That's oh, it. I understand. See, I, that I, movie I was traumatic. It is, and that was the most traumatic scene, and it's burned in my brain. See, I, the scene I will always remember Jennifer Connelly in is in Career Opportunities, where she's riding that <laughs> I hobby knew horse. God damn that career opportunities. Career opportunities. I've with, never seen that. It's with her and Frank Whaley, and they play two kids who get locked in a Target store, and then yeah. two and, robbers show up, and, and she rides happen. a hobby horse like for twenty five cents. She gets on the hobby horse right there. Now and this, it's yeah. it's like the the situation. Yeah. Oh, oh God damn. actually, actually you can almost recreate that, that scene. You, you could same clothes. As yeah, she would. Oh. Yeah, you could. Hey, I think uh, our local Kmart still has a, yeah. a coin-operated horse outside. Oh, we're going to go. Yeah, let's hit it. All right. Burn, get video we, we, footage. Oh, God damn right. Oh, God damn right. <laughs> but this is back when Jennifer Connelly had her natural, beautiful breasts. Oh. Which were just glorious. And then she she slapped God in the face and oh. got a reduction. And <clears throat> still beautiful. Hey. You know. You know. Women get reductions because our fucking backs hurt, man. Okay, that's fair. That's Don't judge okay. people for getting a breast reduction. No, I'm sorry. I'm right. Her back was probably her back is probably fucked forever because yeah. of those big tiddo babies. Okay, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> those uh, tiddo babies. Tiddo babies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In this next section, we get somewhat slightly serious as we talk about content warning. In movies, our guest was Dwight Hurst of the Broken Brains podcast, and even though we are discussing serious subjects about trigger warnings, uh, I think we still had fun. Take a listen. Enjoy. So I, I want to have Dwight Hurst on here because he hosts a mental health podcast. Yeah, it's about time we got to him. Yes. Jeez. So <laughs> our topic I want to discuss with you is about content warnings. This movies and shows is a very interesting topic. I actually did some research about it today and found some things that are pretty interesting. 
So you tell me if you want to dive on in or I dive on in, buddy. I'm, you know, I was kind of wondering which things that you uh, were, you know, when you're saying content warnings, are we talking like, because uh, I, I, one of the ways I'm most familiar with this is like social media postings or articles, you know, things like that. But you're talking also with films and putting something up that's like trigger warning, colon, uh-huh. space, the thing. That's usually what the they thing, look like. Yes. Yeah. And I'm all for having content warnings for certain shows, but sometimes I feel like it goes a little bit too far to the point where I feel like it's going to spoil what happens. Yeah, that movie. is that is kind of like... And that, you know, that's... I think that's a really interesting point because sometimes when you look at, like, uh, content awareness, even on, like, IMDb, if you're thinking of taking your kids to a movie or you want to be selective about what, you know, you're watching and, and what you're exposed to... You go down and you you scroll and it's like, oh, violence, severe, mild, whatever. And it is interesting because yeah. when you open that up, it's like, you know, uh, a, a main character stabs a guy who's actually a secondary character wearing a red jacket in the second scene or something like that. I haven't well, seen I one. Mean, maybe not quite that specific, but yeah. it's like. I feel like with the ratings board, <laughs> we usually just have things that says this contains, you know, uh, adult language. Mature uh, themes. Mature themes. Nudity. Nudity. Smoking. And then it got to be a point now where it had like weather peril. Like we'd we have like a warning in movies because <laughs> there was like intense weather. You guys look out. There's like one thing that saw it says intense weather, just intense description of weather. On the movie called Hurricane. That's, yes. They wanted you... everyone to know. <laughs> but, yeah. Michael Douglas's Twister. Black Rain, I know, had yeah, uh, famously. Yeah. Twi- yeah. Think, well, there's an example too, like when they showed Rush Hour not too long ago. They had to put a disclaimer that said, uh, this is not how people of the Orient actually act. Or Wait, this they is said not- the Orient? They said or- the Orient? Wow. <laughs> I don't think it's, so. No, not, I'm paraphrasing um, Asian this. culture? Asian culture, probably. Well, that, <laughs> all, but they also had something to say, too, about uh, how the movie viewed, you know, uh, African Americans. And it had to well, like, apologize for the way that Chris Tucker acts. That. <laughs> yeah it's, it's well there's warnings feel- there's there's warnings they put on things now for things that are now problematic right and i think rush hour two in particular you could say warn trigger warning problematic you know in many ways although mm-hmm. you know i remember laughing a lot during it but i was thinking about watching it the other day like oh oh i remember several parts that it's like i don't you know that that may not have aged well as they say um okay yeah. Well, yes, because the, the movie Rush Hour, you know, it does feature uh, Chris Tucker doing a very stereotypical impersonation of what he thinks, you know, a homosexual man sounds like. So he does that. Sure. But the thing that Chris Tucker, he's an idiot in that show, in those series. He's not like a, a smart guy. So well, I never a lot, it. yeah, a lot of like like pretty heavy sexual harassment uh, in mm-hmm. both of those movies too. From I I would say all three, but no one saw the third one. Um, I don't think anybody. One? Yeah, exactly. they, they go to France in that one. They go to France. Yeah, it's not that good. Oh. I saw it. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of weather peril, I remember when yeah. that movie <laughs> came out. One of the worst things that happened weather-wise was there was a hurricane in the Midwest that actually uh, blew a couple of people into the theater. And they actually oh, ended up watching Rush thinking. Hour Three. You know, that was the biggest tragedy My of the year, weather-wise. God. Wow, um, that's 
that's some rough weather when you get blown into the theater to see. No, but it, it is, yeah. you know, it is interesting to see warnings that are on materials that are, have not, have maybe, uh, were created in a very different time. And I know Disney plus has done this. I think sure. it's interesting to throw some things on there. Like before Peter Pan to say, Hey, remember this is made a long time. Remember how this was made a long time ago. Oh, Lord um, in heaven. Yes, we do. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you didn't remember, you're going to in a minute. You're going to see something and you're going to say, Lord, oh. Lord, yeah. we know, why was that ever okay? I, I just kind of feel like, hey, look, we were a very different time back then just to say, okay, it's, it's the past, folks. We've done some really stupid shits. We apologize. We're white. We're well, done. So, I'm so sorry. We're white One of the things, dumb. though... And I think yeah. people of our generation and older are the ones that bitch about that the most. I hear people complain about that when they're saying like, you know, oh, well, you know, they shouldn't say this. The, yeah. you know, Peter Pan was always my favorite movie. I don't use love the, you know, whatever, whatever they or They say they pretend to like Song of the South, even though they've never seen it. Um, and, and, you know, you get that kind of like that, that, that they want to push back on this kind of stuff. But one of the things that I think is necessary about a warning like that, that is good is the young up and coming generation. Uh -huh. They won't appreciate these old things at all. Unless you paraphrase a little and say, I know, right. No, okay. Because you know, the more progressive the uh, youth that are coming up, they'll just watch that and be like, that was really terrible because it's hard to watch racist. it in a different context right yeah. Oh, yeah and the other thing is why shouldn't they say it's racist because yeah i mean because the fuck it was <laughs> yeah. sure but i think burn to burn's point it's it's um the way that they phrase the warning that gives away part of the movie right because yeah. we're not saying that like it's bad that disney would say hey there's some weird shit in here sorry uh <laughs> We were really fucked up back then, and uh, we apologize. That's different than, um, like, the late. What was the latest movie that you saw oh, that I, had I, that gives away the movie? And that then then you might as well not even watch it. Just read the synopsis. I guess I it was violence uh, and gore. Oh, the still, main character. The main character is shot in the head in the last five seconds of the movie. That's right. Oh, okay, so I, I, I watched uh, the show on Netflix called The Patrav, that Mike Myers show. Oh, blah, blah, blah. All right. And I like Mike Myers. At the beat, <laughs> after each, every episode, this says, warning, this contains adult situations, flashlights, and suicide. So I'm thinking. Every episode, he's looking for suicide. I'm thinking every someone is going to, like, you know, <clears throat> kill themselves and be in a graphic way. No. They just mentioned the word suicide. Hmm. Like a character mentions wow. uh, about it. And I had no idea that was uh, a, a trigger word for some people. And I'm worried that are we going to have content warnings for people who just use the word or something that's problematic? Like if another character talks about slavery and without even just uh, show any descriptions of slavery, just someone mentioned the word slavery, is that going to be you know, a trigger warning. Um, if it's going to be someone talking about, you know, a type of like sexual assault, will that just be a trigger warning for others? It to is hear interesting. The word? Yeah. And with these, uh, you know, and, and this comes up on like Obi-Wan and mm -hmm. stranger things just included, they chose to include warnings that, about school shootings, essentially. Sure. Um, 
and things like that. So it's really, it is really interesting. And I'm going to throw something out there that uh, I discovered. And there, there's uh, two, at least two major studies that were launched because trigger warnings are always argued about. People are like, oh, what are we doing to our snowflake kids? You know, they get those guys. They all sound like that. And then you got they other do. people. <laughs> they do. I heard on the, at the bar. On the other extreme, right? On the other extreme, I, left, I, I should say. The <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, on the other extreme, you got people that are like, hey, uh, you should throw a trigger warning on every social media post. It's like trigger warning, animal, you know, coughed or something. So you've got kind of these extreme reactions people have. So the, a couple of psychologists, a team of psychologists decided, hey, why don't we actually study this? And so in 2021 and 2020, there are a couple studies released. I don't want to get them mixed up. One of them was done by Harvard. Um, and then the other one was in the, uh, the Journal of Clinical Psychology by Jones, Bellet, McNally. So one of the things that they found is they took people who had been through lived trauma experience, and then they had them read passages that contained, you know, triggers. And some of these groups, they gave them trigger warnings first, and some of them they did not. So, so take, uh, keep in mind, this is, this is written material. These weren't films, uh, but they found that afterwards when they measured their own like physiological reactions and they had them fill out questionnaires that are designed to pull out, you know, PTSD triggered, you know, feelings, they found that it really, it, it mostly made no difference in the majority of people, whether or not they were triggered, whether or not there was a trigger warning except that there were some people who took it worse with the trigger warning. They knew it was coming. So they probably had anxiety built up. So there was it, a buildup right? of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Now you could say in a visual medium, that might be much more, you know, that I would love to see that studied, right. To see. But one of the things they said is one of the, uh, let me read a, there's a, there's a quote here. Um, one reason this effect may be concerning is that trauma researchers have previously established that a belief that trauma is central to one's identity predicts more severe PTSD. Um, Dr. Bellet calls this, quote, one of the most well-documented relationships in traumatology. So, you know, the, there is a risk there of overwarning and those that are in the audience who have had trauma are like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm trauma. Right. Uh, that's me. That's my whole thing. So I'm not yeah. going to say that that's conclusive evidence of anything. That's not how studies work. But it is an interesting beginning to say, how much good does a trauma? I mean, if a trigger warning actually doesn't do any good, then why are we using it? Yeah. Right. And that's a good point, too. Like, uh, I've had, you know, friends of mine, and I know there are certain uh, movies that I would never show them. I mean, I had a friend who was essentially assaulted. I'm not going to show her the girl with the drinking tattoo, even though... The good movie and everything, just knowing that there's a certain scene in there, but nope, I wouldn't be able to show her that because she would be very upset and get nervous and she would hate me as a friend forever. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, and <laughs> Which I, might not even be true. Which true. Yeah, that's true. I, I really don't know for sure, but I would just be hesitant. I would, I would say, please research the movie beforehand. Uh, and that's why I tell what people to do. I want them, if they are. So your trigger warning. You're, you, what you're doing is you're you're just not even let 
you're like, I'll just, I'm putting up a, a trigger wall and I'm not even going to tell my friend how great this movie is. Oh, it's because fair. You're yeah. Worried that's about true. Her that's, reaction. I, I, I would be. Yeah. Or you don't want to be the one Here. to do it. Yeah. It's not going to be him. How about this? I, have, uh, it's not me. I will, uh, I will, no. I will say, yes, go watch the movie. Actually watch the Swedish version, the American version, even though both are very good, but please kind of do a little reading beforehand or, is that still new like sponsor the... Coca-Cola? No, I was just, I was fucking around. Okay. Coke zero Sorry. new Coke sponsor zero. of the program. Oh, that's right. Go to Coke slash cinema recall to sign up <laughs> for the crate service. of yes. Coke Zero today. That's right. We only, we get a portion of every sale. Well, you know, I think to your point, Vern, I think that, you know, one of the things it can do, and, and certainly there are things that like, if you know they're offensive or a trigger for certain people, it probably is good to incorporate that. I also think it can trigger a conversation though, to trigger yeah. <laughs> a conversation ah. to say, Hey, um, I think this is a great movie. I really think you'd like it. There, oh. there is a scene of violence in it that is this type of violence. And, you know, just so you know, and sometimes people can have a conversation about that. Um, yeah. One thing or I've it, noticed is working with people who have had traumatic or major life changes. Uh, when they when they go and they almost all say this. There's so many things that are used so often as jokes, like in comedies or in dramas, like basically all of the tropes that they rely on as shortcuts for emotional, like like a, a spouse dying, a child dying, an affair, drug use you know, of uh, uh, those types of things, legal problems. If you have any of those things happen in your life, it will feel like it's like when you buy a red car and you look around oh, and like all cars are red, car. right? Yeah. yeah. So that is something that people do get triggered and just a warning. It's like, we'd be putting it on every, you know, any sitcom, any movie. And it's, it's like, so, so it is interesting how people I, do experience that. I, I guess I get worried that if a lot of people just only see the problematic moments in a movie or show and that that's the only thing they are going to see because yeah there are movies from the past that had you know bad descriptions of you know other races sometimes or other senses but it's a character being racist and dumb i don't think if a movie has a character who's racist and dumb then People should not think that the whole movie is that way it's because of a character's yeah. bigotry. Instead of that character's bigotry adds more to the movie. Uh, for yeah. example, there's a movie called The uh, the Billboard. The one with Francis McDormand. The 3,000 Billboards. Birth uh, of a Nation? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, no. See, yeah. No. You guys going to be canceled here. So Your favorite no. Your favorite movie? Wow. <laughs> not That's enough a bold take. We can't get canceled if people aren't even watching. That's probably true. That's true. <laughs> Who's canceling us? Like ourselves? Yeah, it's ourselves here. We're shut down. Uh, no, we're not streaming. But the the 10,000 billboards uh, across Missouri, something. Uh, 10,000 billboards. That's a lot. Right, across, yeah. There's not a lot going on in Missouri, just billboards. Uh, but there's a character played by Sam Rockwell in that who is a racist person. But he's a racist who has character developments and discovers, you know, not to be as racist not as he be. was before. And oh, he kind of okay. learns a few things along the way. Isn't that, and Sam Rockwell plays another, another like white supremacist guy. Um, uh, who's that? 
I'm gonna have to look it up. Okay. He plays another. He plays the same thing, and then he he becomes friends with the advers his adversary, which is a black woman, in this movie. Oh, I think I know what you're talking. I can't about. think of it. Yes, um, is it? And I don't think it's uh, Viola Davis. It's somebody I, else. It, you know, you you may be right with that. And uh, but yeah, same thing, right? So uh, what you're what, saying? Yeah. Are, are you trying what, to what, say? What, 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 oh, okay, so. Uh, when this movie came out and he was getting a lot of uh, award praise for this movie, uh, there was one certain film creator podcaster who I'm not going to mention right now, uh, but they mentioned that it's not right for him to be getting all this praise because what this movie is doing is that it's somewhat celebrating racist culture by having this character have this arc. And like, well, that's what movies do. People have arcs and they change. And someone who was once racist before can change for better. And I just worry that people are going to look at this movie saying that it's just racism. And just well, I think, yeah, I'm, I also, I mean, I'm, I'm of the mindset that not all movie characters need to be good people and need yeah. to do good things, right? Even sometimes protagonists. Now, that's a very that's a very tricky line to walk because it's easy. I mean, we see it enough where people, people who think Tyler Durden's a hero, right. Or people who think that, you know, whatever they, they, they look at something and it's like, it, it, it can't help but glorify. So I do think it's a, there's a fine line to walk and it needs to be done intelligently. You know, the, as you were saying that uh, Alan Tudyk's character in 42 came to mind. Do you remember Alan Tudyk oh. has a very brief cameo where the only thing he does is spew hateful racist shit at Jackie. Oh, in 42. Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only Wait. thing he does. He appears on screen and he's just yelling racist, <clears throat> hateful stuff um, at Jackie Robinson. And, and now the way that they play it is another player, you know, he has to restrain himself because if he does anything, it's going to be all over the papers. Right. But then another player goes up and tells him to shut up. And I was like, man, now, you know, you got to feel I, I do anyway, I feel a little bit for Alan Tudyk. It's like, yeah, we just need you for a day's shooting. Here's your lines. Yeah. The only also, thing you're going to say. Oh, my gosh. Raging racist. Yes. Right. But oh. to say, you know, that's oh. an important part of the message of that movie. And because the, the other thing that I think makes that work, though, is they didn't like some movies. Some movies, I feel like they're like. Once we cross that line, we're just going to lean on it. And we're just every character is going to use the N word all the time. And they kind of used this to be a microcosm, a picture of things that you knew were happening, but were mostly being said, not on screen. So they didn't have to use the hateful language throughout, I think. So, you know, it's a fine line. And sometimes you see people using triggering things just as a trope to elicit a reaction. Uh, or just, yeah. or you get the sense that maybe even the director kind of likes it, or the writer kind of likes it, and that turns me off usually. Okay, um, I, I know a simple made uh, example would be probably Jane Doe Unchained and Tarantino's use of uh, the N word throughout there. And I know I've seen interviews with Samuel Jackson uh, defending it, and other actors defending uh, the use of the word. And uh, I have, uh, I've got no issues if it's used correctly in a movie, and it kind of depends on the historical context of the show that I'm watching as well. I don't want to try to like censor anyone's uh, right to use certain words or have characters use certain words. Um, 
but I just don't want people to think that just because you know a character is using somewhat problematic language, then the whole movie itself is problematic. Because I find Jake One Chain to be a very kind of like uplifting story, uh, especially I love the revisionist of that time of slavery and about uh, one slave who just goes off and kills a bunch of slave owners. That's just for me <clears throat> very satisfying. And I saw that movie with an all basically an all black audience, and it was just a very kind of fun movie to watch. Everyone just laugh and cheer and just enjoy. Yeah, those I, still haven't, I have never really really seen it, but yeah, I mean that's the thing is it's like and I, and I I think that it's uh, whenever there's balance, you know, but balance doesn't mean perfectly balanced. It means and people are taking some chances, so it's kind of hard. I one thing I wanted to say before we're we're done though is. Yeah. I found that sometimes in the IMDb section, when you go down to, they usually, it's in the parents guide is where they yeah. have it. And when you go to that one, I've noticed that the majority of the ones I've checked out, they, you know, you do have to watch for that, but, but oftentimes they do label the ones that are more spoilery. Now sure. it's not always perfect, but so that one I've found to be a little safer when it's like, I kind of want to know what's going to be in it, but yeah. I don't want spoilers. Then then you don't click on the spoilers, you know? And That's fair. so, you know, I so, think that helps a little <laughs> when people are trying to do this, but yeah, yeah, so, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting topic. Yeah. yeah. And so I just wanted to bring it out there to people that, um, please, would you, and I guess this is also for other podcasters too, when you are talking about a movie or a show and it's okay if you can, like, uh, it's okay to address things that may not have aged well. But don't spend too much time on it because that's going to kind of take me out of the movie. Because if I'm going to listen to your podcast about a movie that you like and you spend, you know, 20 minutes uh, talking about uh, some, the crimes that either a director or an actor has done. Look, I already know that stuff. I saw it on the Internet. I don't need to know any more about it because I've already read it. I'm on this thing because I want to talk about the movie itself, like the actual storyline of the movie. I know already about the bullshit that happened. Like, if I want to see, um, if I want to do a podcast all about the usual suspects, and they spend 20 minutes talking about Kevin Spacey, I'm just gonna be like, all right, no, I'm sorry, because I like the usual suspects. I like all the other characters in there, and I don't need to have 20 minutes talking about all the stuff that Kevin Spacey's done. You can just mention like one thing about what you did, or Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice, but you talk about. 20 minutes about Jeffrey Jones and his crimes. I'm just like, yes, and I totally admit he's a creep, but just say Jeffrey Jones, he's a creep, and then just like move <laughs> on. Talk about Winona Ryder and how great she is. And, you know, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, yeah. yeah. Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. All of the good parts. All of the good things. The Dale, you know? Yeah, the Dale. Alec Baldwin, maybe. I think he's Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin, Gia Davis. Yeah. Oh, wait. Maybe oh, that's... duh. Alec Baldwin, yeah, oh, he's a big character. Oh, yes. I know, but I just kept imagining. Uh, Third Rock, or Third Rock, um, Third Rock, Thirty Rock, yes. Thirty Rock, Alec Baldwin. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a that's, that's not the fat guy at the different, table. Different, different. Do you remember that show, Third Rock? From the oh, Sun? that's right. He's the dead husband. Dead husband. He was young, and I forgot what he looked like <laughs> for just a fucking minute. Third Rock also, from the Sun was great. That was a yeah, great show. Also, <laughs> I want a combination well, of Thirty Rock and Third Rock from the Sun. That would be amazing. Just imagine French Stewart, who also, I guess, is a piece of garbage. Is he French because of garbage? I don't well, know. Right. I guess he's racist. Are you saying because I he's French? <laughs> yeah, that's right. All French people are pieces of garbage oui, oui, now. Oh, you heard oh, your French. Oh, I don't want to paint French. with a broad brush, but. Uh... <laughs>
But no. that's all we have to pay with here in France. I, I think this is a topic that we'd probably spend many hours discussing. Just and so you know, we're no longer on topic. We're not on topic. Well, no, we, no, you, we, 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 we rolled off topic. topic. You're Sorry. just like uh, for French people? Wow, that's another <laughs> hot take from Vern. Vern could spend hours bagging on the French, I guess. I would not. I, I love He's the like, French. I like French toast. Julie Delpy. I like French baguettes. Uh, uh, I love the movie Chocolat. <laughs> Chocolat. Julie Pinoche. It's called She's not Chocolat. Bad. And also, no, we were supposed to be talking about trigger warnings. Yes. And all of a sudden, now you're talking about racist I'm not, I'm so, ow. <laughs> racist issues in wow. movies that's a totally yeah, different topic that racist issues but, in movies is a trigger warning for some yeah correct it is yeah, but yeah. then i think you went down you went you went all squirrely brained i did and that's okay we can we go off the rails sometimes okay. that's good no. it's all good but it's all I, good where was but that? what i really thought was interesting is how the studies that they have done it made no difference yeah, and it really I think made no right. difference in people for, yeah. for most people. It's, and I think I, you're right if the if they did a if they did a study where it was viewing. That would be interesting TV, to see yeah, how different that might be, yeah. right? Because yeah. if you're gonna see it happen, you know, That's and to me, different. you know, to me the biggest difference is whether you say something happens like if you say there's a scene of sexual assault, it's also probably good to know if it's like mentioned and discussed or if it is like, you know. Um, boy, there's like, you know, like five solid minutes of flashbacks interspersed with graphic descriptions. Like that's way different than saying like yeah. the after effects in a hospital where a policeman's interviewing someone. So right. some of those things might be worthwhile. But then again, we don't know until they, they hopefully they do study that. And then we have an idea of if it's helpful or not helpful because we could be doing harm without meaning to. All right, these next few sections are just some random shit that we happen to catch on the recording devices, and it's a lot of fun. Ashley talks about a joke at work, and she also talks about a few Kurt Russell flicks, so enjoy. Oh my god, last I night at you. work, I totally made a terrible joke to the DJ guy that was packing up and leaving, and um, he didn't get it. He joke? didn't get the joke. It was so embarrassing. Uh, What's the date today? We were, today's the 30th. So we were, I think, we were packing up. He was packing up and he's like, and we're washing down tables. And the wedding's over and all the guests are gone. And it was just us cleaning up. Um, and then this DJ. And he goes, oh, we f I finished in record time. Okay. And I was like, well, most men don't brag about that. And he goes, what? And I was like. You finished early. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, most men don't brag about yes, that. Yeah. And then he looked at me again and he didn't get it. And You're I was still? like, oh. bad baseball joke. And then he looked at me like I was like fucking had three heads. And I was like, have a good night. <laughs> he, how oh. do you not get that joke? I mean, I maybe we have the I first turned, time. I turned you from explained like, it there. My, my, <laughs> the lady that was working last night was like, do you think he was offended by my joke? So then he was like acting like he didn't know that it was a joke and she's like no he's not the kind of person to be offended and i was like okay he just didn't get it like do you think he drove home and it hit him and he felt like a complete moron i'm sure that happened <laughs> i'm pretty <laughs> sure like, i'm i guarantee you he's like oh yeah you finished early yeah. early you finished Maybe he just didn't. Maybe Never just mind. Didn't, I just shouldn't make. He just didn't want you to know that happened there. I didn't there. know. I shouldn't make sex jokes that work anyway. I guess. Oh, it's fine. Uh, it's at my work. It's really not. But I. Everybody was gone. Yeah. It was like the end of the night. Just. 
you know, hired hand, simple jokes. Crazy. It was fine. <laughs> the original premise, if you don't know, is Kurt Russell was hired to work on Goldie Hawn's yacht to make, to build her uh, a like, closet. Yeah, yeah. A closet. Mm -hmm. And she's being a real fucking royal pain in the ass. And he, she's just a jerk to him the whole time. And finally, he leaves. He leaves. He's done. He's like, I'm not doing this job. She's a royal bitch. He's had it. And then that night on the news, he sees that a, Miss, or a, a Jane Doe has been found. And what had happened is she it gets in a fight with her husband, this rich guy, and she falls off the boat into the water. And the husband just leaves her because she's such a pain in the ass that even he doesn't want her around. Yeah, makes sense. And someone finds her, and she doesn't know who she is. And he goes to claim her. Because he says, this is perfect. I don't have a wife or a mom for my three kids. And she doesn't know who the hell she is. But I've seen that she has a heart-shaped birthmark on her ass. Yeah. So if I tell the police that, they'll have to believe me. And they'll send her home with me. And lo and behold, oh. they bring her home. And she is used and abused as a wife and a mom. And But... And I say, I use the word abuse lightly. As the way women should be back then. <laughs> I will kick your teeth in. Um, and, and, and as it turns out, she's really not that bad. The kids start to love her. Yeah. He falls in love with her. She regains her memory and leaves, of course. What person wouldn't? But then she's like, you know what? I prefer. I prefer that life over my stupid, dumb husband who left me to drown in the ocean. Yeah, all right. Fucking dick. I, I will say this, though. Like, <laughs> the cops in this uh, city that oh, Russell's yeah. did leave in, they really uh, don't care at all. <laughs> no, they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she does have that. Okay. Like, they're like, they let me see your marriage certificate. Give, do you have any of her information? Show me pictures of your wedding day. Anything. Nothing. They're no. like, oh, you've seen a birthmark. Okay. You're good enough to go. I mean, yeah. they, they basically let Terrible. it go, like, right away. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're probably sick of her. And they're like, yeah, just get out of here. Whoever says her husband, yeah, that's just fine. Yeah, just take this B. Just up let, out of here. let her be there. Because yeah. when I rewatched it again, that was the first thing that came to my head. Like, wow, they're not really no thorough. They're not thorough at all. No. And then the other one is the Christmas Chronicles, which came out a few years ago on Netflix. Are, you, are you doing these at your number? This is two. I said I couldn't decide. So you're doing both of these at number yes, two. Yes, but I can. I okay. No, I, it's, it's your I can no. describe a movie much faster than you. You can. Yeah, you okay. drag. I do, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but uh, he, there's a family, a mom and a son and a daughter, and the dad has died, and the son pretends he doesn't believe in Santa Claus anymore. And he probably doesn't, but uh, for the sake of the fact that he has lost his dad, his a part of his heart still wants to believe for his dad because his dad always said, we're true believers. And so... Mom has to work an overnight shift at the hospital on Christmas Eve. And the daughter and the son, the daughter's like, okay, well, like, uh, I want to set up a thing. Let's see if we can capture Santa Claus. And they do. They follow him. They go on an adventure. Santa Claus gets arrested. And let me tell you, he does this 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 uh, blues number in jail 
Oh, it's so good. It's so like he does this song and like he just looks so good doing it, and his hair looks fantastic. Sorry. Okay. Where did I go? Uh, yeah, I'm just waiting. Sorry. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, you know, in true Christmas fashion. Uh, mom comes home, the whole house is decorated, everyone believes in Santa, and hope is restored in the home. And if you haven't seen it, it's super good, so please watch it. It's so good. That's a good one. And they made a second one, which I, I'm not – I enjoyed it, but it's not like – I don't think it's as good as the first one, but but Goldie's in the second one, which is really cute. Okay. And she does make a cameo at the very end of the first one, which was really adorable. So yeah. she has much more of a plot in the second one. In the one. second one, yeah. So, okay. All right. Yep. I, I would be curious to watch it for the second one to see how. Yeah. It was Kurt, good. Oh, that number, though. Does, does, or that, that, mm. is it Merry Christmas Baby? What is it? I forgot what he sings. Uh, uh, well, it's Christmas time, pretty baby. baby. Oh, okay. And the snow is, yeah. And the snow is falling down. Yeah. But the way he does it and his moves, oof. Yeah. I can see what Goldie sees, baby. You're, <laughs> you're like, mm. hold on. You're like, take, all right, kids. Hold on. Go to bed. Mommy's got to put on her special Christmas undies. <laughs> yeah, <see? laughs> <laughs> what well, I am. All right, then. Hey, so they're both movies with Goldie in it. So yeah. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Fair enough there. Very cool. How about yours? Uh, well. And let's not go into a full-on scene-for-scene detail situation. I do that. I know. I'm like, okay, I okay. I was dying. I'll, okay, I'll stop. We need I'll to stop. have a hand signal. I will. Should I do one of these? Uh, okay. So, what should my hand signal be, Vern? Should I just, should I go, that'll do, pig. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a hand signal. That's just me telling you. Okay. Uh, first of all, let me get my notes up here. Second of all. Okay. So what's your second? My my second one is going to be Escape from New York and L.A. Ah, you like to lump them together I as well. I did, yeah, that's right. Uh, State Pliskin. So in the first one, New York has become this security island. Uh huh. And I'm not going to spoil anything about you yeah, because don't, you have not I have seen not this. Seen it yet. Don't don't spoil it. For so me. I'm not going to go into much detail about this, but all I can just will say, and this is what's kind of spoiled in the plot or the trailer, is that the president's plane, the president's plane. Uh, has President's gone down. Plane has gone down. Okay. All right. So the president gets captured. Yep. And Kurt Russell uh, has to go and rescue the president. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Uh, but like I said before, New York has been turned into a prison. Like the the entire the, the entire island of New York right is now a maximum security prison. Sweet. So basically, but there's he's no in loss. prison. Kurt Russell is on his way to be in prison uh-huh. because but it, but he robbed a bank. Okay. And but the uh, mayor of New York and the president says, says we need you, Snake. Yes, we will. Okay. We'll, we'll make you we'll a deal. Pardon you. We'll pardon you if you can get the president out. Okay, all right, that's kind of cool. So he has I'm to excited to watch it. Yes, uh, I'm so thrilled that you didn't watch it for the first time ever. Yeah, on actual That'd be great. screen. That'd it's be epic. really cool. Uh, and then Escape from LA is technically the same story, <laughs> just set in LA. <laughs> that's fantastic. They basically just kind of remade that. Here's the thing that upsets me because. If Big Trouble in Little China was a bigger hit, yeah, we would have gotten a second Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah. But being the fact that it didn't do so well, mm-hmm. uh, the studios of Paramount at the time says, you know, we'll do a sequel to Bit, uh, Escape from New York. Yeah. Uh, you just gotta set it in LA. Uh, it was one of my first introductions to Tori Amos. <gasps> Ooh yay! So good luck on. That. So you know, That's uh, cool. congratulations for that right there. Uh, I know I saw. Escape from LA first, mm-hmm. and then realized that 
There was one before. There was one before. And which uh, one do you like better? Ah, uh, gosh, hard to say. Escape from they're both okay. Escape from New York is much more of a grittier mm-hmm. action movie, where Snake Plissken is this very like downtrodden guy, and it has much more of a dystopian vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Escape from Malay is like the comic version of that. Like, okay, compare Gremlins to Gremlins Two. Okay, so they made it funnier they, and like they like added a little okay yeah i can see that it's a little bit more campier got it i think the fact that they deliver the jokes and i know that fans of Skip new york will hate me for this and they're saying that well no they made it just too cheesy and too comical and i'm like ah it's a movie you can relax a little bit you can enjoy both of what they are yeah i think that snake Plissken stays the same in both roles yeah it's just that the worlds around each movie and let's different. be honest, like, New York is grittier than L.A. L.A. is, like, when I think, oh, if New York was a prison versus if L.A. was a prison. Like, you would think New York would be a grittier prison. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So that's what I'm going to say right now. All right. I'm not going to spoil this. Uh, like I said before, we're going to be at the Parkway Theater to watch this. This uh, Thursday. There's going to be a Kurt Russell trivia that's at right. 730. And hope you're going to bone up on your Kurt Russell. And I'll I, try. What I mean by, like, bone up, just You don't, don't mean try and have ses- sexual intercourse I mean, you can, with Kurt Russell. I mean, you, you can, you know, fantasize all you want to. I will. But, you know, like, learn about his I didn't need roles. your permission for that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of weird. Call me like, hey, Vern, I don't have a sexual fantasy like, about... Like, Vern, Vern, tell me more about <laughs> Kurt Russell. I read his whole IMD just, pr- filmography. <laughs> just read his filmography. Just go, yeah. just go over, like, scene for scene one of his movies. <laughs> oh, you did it. <laughs> Yahtzee! <laughs> all right, well... Uh, That's so gross. Okay. Next, next week, I'm going to have you describe for me all of uh, Elizabeth Hurley's demography. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right, I'll hit it. All right, I'll good. Fuck yeah. All and right. um, we'll just film you from the neck up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep your... You know, I see my old face. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we should probably just block out your old face. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. Okay. So, but yeah, look uh, at that. I actually described these movies in a pretty fast yeah. fashion, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Good job. So, that was my number two, Escape from New York and <laughs> LA because of Snake Bliskin. Uh, before we get to our number ones, let's go ahead and read some listener feedback, all right? Okay. So, listener feedback, listener feedback. All right. So shout out right now. Shout out. So over right on now. Twitter. To Twitter. The Vintage Video Podcast. Vintage at Video <laughs> Podcast at. Vintage Video Pod. Vintage Video Pod. Said Tombstone. Tombstone. Fucking A right, bitch. Escape from New York. Yep. And Bitch Trouble in Little China. Good choices. Good, good choices. choices. The Good Evening Kitties Podcast. Uh, and I'll do a little plug right there. Mm-hmm. They are a podcast that reviews each episode from Tales of the Crypt. <gasps> Sweet! Oh, I was so, so terrified of that. And guy. Uh, I believe the guess of that was on our episode talking about the movie Carrie. Ooh. So okay. that was during our Brian De Palma series we did. Got it. Ball Decembers. Uh, anyway, Melissa says from the Good Evening Kids podcast, she says number one, the thing. Mm. Two, breakdown. Oh, that was good. And three, Captain Ron. Yes, bitch. All right. Uh, Screen Nerds podcast at Screen Nerds Pod. Said Tombstone, mm-hmm. Backdraft, yes, and Stargate. Excellent. And then, all right, moving on over here to Facebook. 
do. Howard Kastner of the Popper Podcast says used cars breakdown and once upon a time in Hollywood. Yep. Which I liked him in that movie, but he has a very short role. Here's the cool thing too. So in the movie Death Proof, Kurt Russell is chasing after Zoe Bell yep. on the car and is trying to kill her. But in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they play a couple. Oh, interesting. All right, cool. So I thought it was kind of a cool thing there. Uh, and then Lisa Leahy from Rabbit Hole Podcast and The Simplest, she says Overboard. Yes. Major Trouble in Little China. Absolutely. And Stargate. Mm-hmm. Uh, new listener to the show, Evan Crane. All right. Hey, Evan. Uh, says The Thing. Beta Trouble in Little China. Yep. And Death Proof. Thank you. And Dylan J. Schlender of the Reels of Justice podcast says Executive Decision, Overboard, and the Christmas Chronicles. Yes! I uh, was hoping to get another See? Christmas Chronicles Love lover. It. Uh, David Brooke of Blueprint Review. And we should have him on our show because he does these guest spots on the Lampcast where he plays music. He's part of the the Lamperty mm -hmm. where he actually has a piano and he has the listeners try to guess what songs he's playing oh, that's fun. on the piano live. Oh, I love it. And he does like a whole bunch of like, movie themes. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. We should have him on his guest. But that would da be great. David Burke of Blueprint Review says The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, and Break It Down. And that is all the listener all right. feedback Thanks, guys. that we have right there. Going on right now to our number ones. So we already know your number one. My, what was my number one? Your number one was Big Trouble in Little China. Yay. Yay. Yes. I remember. Yes. From a whole half an hour <laughs> ago. <laughs> I did it. Big Trouble in Little China, yes. My number one. Drum roll, please. It's Captain Ron. All right. Yes, I love Captain Ron. I, I just it, he plays such a great, lovable character that it's. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's good. So Captain Premise. Ron stars uh, Kurt Russell, Martin and, Short, and Martin Short. And I know that uh, Martin Short and his family inherit are, a sailboat. Yep. Yep. And they have to tr travel across the sea. And they can't really afford Well, and they don't much, know how. And they don't know how. So they go down to Florida to pick it up, to sail it home. And they end up hiring Captain Ron. Yep. And uh, at first, uh, Martin Short's not thrilled um, with Captain Ron. Uh, he's sexy and unconventional. And his Martin Short's son is like enamored by mm -hmm. him yep and martin short is also like worried that his wife perhaps is finding captain ron attractive well i mean i i'm pretty much a know that whoever i do go date and they meet Kurt russell yeah they're gonna be like Duh. look um i'm gonna probably have sex with Kurt russell that's yeah that's gonna be my bucket list you can choose any of their actors <laughs> you want well, I'm, I'm you know, gonna Jason. think he's hot, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, yeah. And I might, I can't, I can't control that. Yeah. And it might be one of the situations like, look, Carlos is coming over. We're we're probably gonna fuck. Uh, <laughs> but afterwards, you know, he says he'll hang out with you and watch Bitch Home in Little China and whatnot. We can hang out have a beer. You I'm guys like, can break it down. I'm like, fuck yeah. Jamming. Done. Sounds good. I, I would not have any problems with that at all. That's and funny. It'd be one of the situations too where if I tell my friends, like, if I tell my friends that my girls like having sex with another guy, they're like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry, man. What a bitch. You're like, no, no. And I'm like, no, wait, guys. It's Kurt Russell. It's, he's actually having sex with Kurt Russell. He's like, holy fucking shit, really? You get, you get to 
Have sex with someone who had sex with Kurt Russell? I, they would be kind of jealous. They'd be like, holy fucking shit. You're, yeah. Kurt Russell banged your wife? Like, seriously, dude? Like, that is pretty fucking I'll epic, man. I, I don't. pretty great. That, man, I'm yeah. like, my life seems meaningless now, but your wife is having sex with Kurt yeah. Russell. And, Amazing. Like, you get to watch that shit. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, no. <laughs> so, like, it's like, yeah. It, it, yeah. I don't know where I was going to go with that. Some weird, uh, terrible analogy, I'm sure, because my brain <laughs> inappropriate. It's but, like the time when I think about having sex with Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds was there wearing the Deadpool outfit. So this next section is with filmmaker Jill Gavar-Gizian. She directed The Stylist, and we talk about if we could have a movie be remade, what would that movie be? Enjoy. Now, now that you made this highly successful film, let's just say, because mm-hmm. let's say that... Let's say that Bit Studio contacts you and says, We love the stylist. We want your next movie to be a remake. It has to be a remake. We're going to give you money and we'll, we'll finance your next three features if you give us a remake of <laughs> any, any movie, movie you want. Yeah. What would it be? What would you want to remake? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but would you. I swear I was going to. I said I was like I thought of one not too long ago. And I was like I'm gonna be ready for the next time this question is asked <laughs> of me. And now I'm like, what the hell was I gonna say? Um, remake movie. See, <laughs> I had a good one, and now it's gone. Um, Damn it! You, you know, I, I would it's like all the ones I think of, and then I'm like, but then I would be scared to do it because it's already so good. Um, you know, what? I I would see you doing this. There's a movie starring Jodie Foster. And Martin Sheen called the little girl that lives down the lane. Hmm, I've not heard of that. I have not seen that. Uh, it's but about, I need to see it. It's about this girl who lives in a house down by the lane, like the hotel says. The lane. <laughs> they really but nailed it. With the, with the but name it's, of the movie it, it, it deals with these really like sleazy guys that come to this house to try to like, uh, you know, prey on this young girl. Gross. But this young girl is actually a killer, and she Love takes out. It. All these like kind of toxic men. That sounds great. And like Martin Sheen plays this guy who like I guess kill people and is trying to find a place to hide out in his house, and he thinks he can like get one over this little girl. But Jodie Foster is like, okay, I'll let you you know pretend to seduce me in a way, but I'm gonna kill you. you. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. But the movie itself wasn't all that great. But I think that it could be remade. Yeah, the premise is great. It's just the execution, and I'm not blaming Jodie Foster and Martin Sheen because they're both really good. It's just the direction and the pacing of the story mm. just tended not to be as good. But I'm figuring that, you know, just taking things up a little bit, you would be absolutely perfect for that. And that's just... I'm still trying to think of something crazy to say yeah. for this. <laughs> Most random things are coming to mind. I'm just I thinking of things that I would, I would want to make a sequel for. Like, I'd love to make a Final Destination. Oh, oh. Like a franchise. I still don't, oh, I still don't like ride, like driving behind big trucks with shit on them. <laughs> yes. I'm like, no. I know. It's like, <laughs> everyone says can't that. Can't do it. Can't that's do it. And whenever I see, like, I know. And, or, like, when... um. <laughs> When the guy's in the bathroom and the water drips on the floor and it like follows the little grout, tile grout. Yeah. <laughs> and it like goes right to him and it makes him like slip and fall and hang himself. Yeah. I'm like, every time I see water and grout, I'm like, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> not- I've got the quicker picker upper, you bitch. You're not, you're not, g- you're not getting me you're today. You're not getting me today. Not today. No, sir. Oh, gosh. 
that you know I thought be... of one we connected did. to Final Destination, but I love the original. Mm-hmm. But I would love to like make a modern version of Idle Hands. <gasps> that oh, was so oh, good. I just watched I that the, the original, other day though. with Devin Sawa. I just watched <laughs> that. The, and, with it. Oh, was in that Seth Green? Seth Green, and, yep. And there was the just other Elba. Uh, yeah. Oh God, that movie was Basically so good. Basically making like a good. satanic stoner horror comedy. With, so that, great. That's right up my alley. That sounds lovely, actually. <laughs> so good. You know what? I don't know why this popped in my head, but. What if what if you remade ET and made it a horror movie instead of <laughs> a but loving? ET is such a sweet. Yeah, we I know. I know. That's why you'd never see it coming. I can barely like, see a <laughs> clip of it, and I will start you know crying. Here's the thing. So good. Hold, hold thing. <laughs> they already Heavy no. Hold on here. They already made a horror version of ET, and it's called Mac and Me. <laughs> so Mac and me. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I thought you were gonna say signs. Signs. No, but oh, I, I, I that just, was a great movie. I, Wait. What a twist. We need to make a thriller version horror of Mrs. Doubtfire <gasps> because it is a horror movie. It it's super is. fucked up. This oh, dude is gonna so go good undercover and, and and live in his ex's house like a total creep. Yeah. Like that's totally fucked up. You know, like th- back then we're like, this is funny and cute. What? You know, yeah, like, if you no, found that not. out, you would be like, I. The crazy thing is that when yeah, uh, I Robin, I'd be like, you're going to prison, you to psycho. Prison, you. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, you know the thing Weirdo. too when like Robin Williams was doing like movies like uh, One Robin Hour Photo. And yeah, yeah. oh, That's that was a fucking so awesome movie. If he was doing movies in One Hour Photo, I can totally see him doing a Mrs. Delphire in this type of yeah, like psychotic sure. way for sure. This next section features our good buddy and friend Rob Branch from Rabbit Hole Podcast. Rob is the co-host of several great shows on there, including Whatever with Jason Soto, including himself and Lisa Sally Haynes. Uh, he's also a co-host of Lyrical Induendo with Bubble Eat. So yeah, find that all on Rabbit Hole Podcast. Anyways, we talk about our first horror features. Enjoy. And then I also remember as a kid watching a nightmare on Elm Street oh, uh, God. with my sister and all of her friends. And my sister's older, so she was going to have all of her older friends come by and watch this scary movie. I'm thinking, well, hey, I'm going to be with, like, three other girls, and I'm going to be the tough guy. I'm going to – they're all going to – they're all going to cower into me. All That's right. right. They're going to reach for me. They're going to reach for That's me. Right. They're going to get scared and, like, hold on to me and whatnot. And I was like, yeah. Uh but like in about Hello. like in about like ten minutes or so, I was like just like kind of like shivering and crying. They had like pulled me. Okay, yeah, I could not handle that. Well, that is great. Did you? Do <laughs> Don't worry, room? ladies, I'll protect you. Oh dear God! Yeah. <laughs> and protect me, ladies! Protect <laughs> me! <laughs> I was too. I was just like, I cowered. Especially that very first kill that happens in a Neighbor Elm Street, where she's getting like torn apart on the ceiling. Or even just oh, seeing, yeah. Even just hearing the Freddy's claws on the steel grates and everything and seeing his face and, yeah, I was, like, just shivering. Can I Can I, uh, can I tell you a, a secret of mine? Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, story. Have, can I tell you a little secret? I gotta I tell you yes, a little something it, about it, me. I've never seen that movie. Okay. Really? Really? Never seen Nightmare yep. on Tree? The, the, the sure haven't. Book. Sure haven't. Hmm. Well, shoot. No. Well, I will keep that in mind because if they ever do, like, if the Parkway Theater, shout out to the Parkway Theater, if they ever do a screening of a Nate Man on the Street there, I will take you there. 
Okay. Right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Not a lot of enthusiasm there. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't know. Okay. I guess I really threw myself out there. Uh, I guess I'm going to go see it. It's no plan. It's real max. Oh, oh, no, go. Good. I've never seen it. It's cool if I just continue to not see it. I know the premise. I've seen the character. And, um, I don't, I'm not, I like, you know, Vern, I like scary movies, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's hyped. And that if I watch it, it'll be like a disappointment. Oh, I see. That's, yeah. <sighs> so I'm like, I don't know if I want to see it because then I'll be like, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. I've seen it. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't, don't want to be one of those people. People think about older horror movies because you watch. I remember watching it as a kid, and I've seen it four times, and I can recognize how well it's made. Oh, but yeah. I forget that people who watch it now for the first time may not see it as scary as we did, or so. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. I, like, have you ever showed like Rob? Have you ever showed a movie to your friends that you thought, "Hey, this is a really great it's a movie from my past. That I watched. I love." But then when they watch it, they're like, oh, you know, that wasn't that scary. Yeah, I've done that several times. Um, Evil Dead 1 and 2, both of them, you know, and they're so horrible that they're fucking hilarious. My friend's like, dude, that wasn't scary at all. That was kind of funny. I was like, man, that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. You don't like, you know, it's, it's a story from another person's mind, and you just, you have to wonder, like, what happened to this person? Where, where did the bad man touch you to make this movie? <laughs> <laughs> show me on the so doll. True. Okay, you show bad me where the bad touched man touched you. <laughs> okay. Okay, you Do get one dollar. Do we know what stranger danger means? <laughs> mm -hmm. Blink twice if you are unsafe. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. Go, go ahead. If you were watching movies from like David Lynch, you would think that David Lynch has got the most depraved child ever, um, but he's the most probably wholesome, nicest guy. Until Never. you see his basement. <laughs> you ever seen his basement, Vern? You don't know nothing. Okay, Vern, no. <laughs> what is this? Oh, it's my sex dungeon. Nothing special. Yeah. yeah. Sex dungeons are completely normal, all right? I plan on building one myself, okay? That's right. <laughs> uh, but no, I, uh, I remember the movie Jaws really scared the fuck oh, out of yeah. me. Oh, yeah. And then, well, and I have a friend who's... Their their terrifying movie as a kid was um, The Blob. Oh my gosh, I yes. remember that. Mm -hmm. The original remake. Original. Oh, from 1950 with Steve McQueen? Yep. Oh, damn, okay, all right. That was the one, that was the one that was too scary for that that friend, yep. All right, fair enough, I could see that, you know, all right. I know that, uh, Do you want to know what mine was? I know Dave was really scared of the remake. Oh, was it was it the remake? I'm talking about Dave. Oh, you're it was yeah. the remake. Yes. I thought it was the original. I nope. thought he had told me. Th that was the oh. remake. Yes. Ah, oh. gotcha. Yeah. The original. What was, was yours, the, Ashley? The 1950s. It'd be great too if Dave Thank was scared. Thank you. Dave could be scared of the remake or the original as well. We don't know. You're right. Dave's like, I'm not telling you I'm scared of both. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> uh, mine was um, Cat's Eye. Oh my gosh! Oh, Drew Barrymore, yeah. And the Stephen King, yeah, that little, that little uh, okay. trolley little thing, the little goblin, little fucked me yeah. up. I really thought I, I couldn't sleep with my feet hanging over the edge of my bed. I had like, it was I, that movie, just, just 
terrified me. I was for sure that that was they were goblins in the wall for sure. Well, he, now I've got something to admit to you. <laughs> I, do, I do too. Oh You're no! Oh never, no! I've never seen this movie. Really? Oh my yeah, goodness! Never seen this one. It's really good. I think it's it's uh, it's on streaming. I saw it, but I don't remember where. I do remember the, seeing it. Yeah. The you haven't seen it either, that, Rob. No, I've I've seen it because I remember it, it had a uh, Ray Dong Chong in it. Um, yeah. She's a, oh my gosh, she's a beautiful actress. But talking about not being able to sleep with your feet over you know the bed. Um, uh huh. I saw Freddy Krueger the Nightmare on Elm Street three, The Dream Warriors. And the one scene where Freddy is a giant face and he's eating that chick, you know, from from feet to head, Ugh. that made from that point forward that made me um, take my blankets and put them under my feet, you know, because I was like, no, oh, I yeah. can't do this shit anymore. I can't, you know, tuck them in, tuck them in. Yep. <laughs> to this Cause, day, I tuck. Because a monster won't be able to get under. The yeah, a monster's not gonna be able to get your feet if you're covered <laughs> up, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Listen, obviously. Oh, no. It's a... I've been fooled by a comforter. <laughs> oh, no, oh, this Afghan. Damn you, Afghans. <laughs> Fucking kids yeah. and their goddamn comforters. I can't digest that. It gives me heartburn. <laughs> well, I'm not, I didn't take my Prilosec. I'm not not investing in, in, in the blanket. <laughs> Mm, is that three hundred? Is that, is that three hundred Egyptian cotton? Mm, you're gonna go no. down. Good. Mm. You're gonna go down. Oh no! This is uh, this is hundred and fifty from Walmart. <laughs> Woo! The thread count. The thread count. But I I just remember uh, after a few years ago, my niece, who at the time was probably like fifteen, saw Jaws for the first time, and she. Call me and says, Uncle Jason, I just saw Jaws. And I <laughs> said, What well, did it scare you? She said, Not really. It was fine. Say, like, fine. You pussy. It was just fine. Yeah. She basically said Actually, that. I had uh, Uncle Jason, hey, um I I you know, I I watched I watched that movie, uh Jaws. Yeah, and um you are a giant pussy. <laughs> giant. Huma that clearly that was fake. My balls are you. bigger than yours, Uncle. <laughs> what, what, right. Why you got to go there, kid? Why you got to go there? Yeah. Oh, but that's a movie that even to this day, I really have uh, like a hard time watching that or like the sequels. Just oh my gosh, the shark will come out there. Yes, I am still. I've only seen part two and three once. I still have not seen part four yet. Because I'm probably that scared to watch it. But if it comes to theaters, I will scared me as a kid and i don't know why but i always imagined bedroom (laughs) and i don't know why he scared me so much he was so creepy do you guys remember that guy what guy max headroom do you remember max headroom Headroom. he was like the digital dude i love max he freaked yeah he freaked me out Freaked me out. I was not a fan. All right. I Why? Max was awesome. I I don't know. He just scared me. I always thought he was like under the water at the swimming pool and he was going to grab my feet, <laughs> pull me under. Maybe I had a bad dream once and he was in it. I don't know. But it was not good. That would have been a very good horror series. I would have loved that. Our last section is with guest Ariel Kutsi 
of the Malice podcast, and she gets into a very good historical descriptions comparing the Silence of the Lambs, the movie directed by Jonathan Demme, with real life crime cases involving, I think it is Ted Bundy, because I know part of the feature is based on that. Anyways, uh, enjoy this last section of the show. So, good lord. Okay, Let's do one so, more feature. I'm going to dive in now to The Silence of the Lambs because okay. this has, we know Eddie on Buffalo Bill. Okay. okay. However, there were a lot. That's James, um, James. sorry, James Gum. Yep. For anybody who's, huh? J- yeah, James Gum. Yeah. Clarice Starling was sort of a combination of some of the earliest women who worked in the FBI mm-hmm. in the behavioral science or behavioral analysis unit. So we're looking at people like Mary Ellen O'Toole. We're looking at people like um, Candace DeLong, like several of them who contributed to Clarice Starling. And what's interesting is that the FBI actually sat in and helped to sort of create like what this would play out as and how it would look. Now, one of the things that I'm sorry, all of you, even a prodigy is good with profiling. Mm -hmm like Clarice Starling, she, they would not put her on this case. They would not send her in to talk to a serial killer and take basically the lead on a case when she's not even a full agent. Sure. Like it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Sure. Yeah. Um, so don't let that ruin the movie for you, though, because the FBI people who worked on it and even others still are just like, it was so good, though. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. such a good movie. So we know about the woman's suit and all of that with Gein, but however... Bill was also based on other famous killers. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to bring up a few of those. Are they ones okay. that we've heard about before? Okay. No, are they? Are they? Um, for the most part. Okay. Not All right. completely. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. Sure. So Gary Ridley and Ted Bundy were very similar in their acts. Okay. Yep. But there was definitely that sort of like necrophilic sexual sort of quality to what he was doing, right? Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, Gein, it was not a sexual thing at all. It was a pathological yep. connection with his mother and loss and just played out in a weird way. He didn't even go to prison, guys. He went to a mental hospital. Oh, well, that's like, probably right. Yeah. yeah. Locker, you know, I mean, I really do feel a lot of compassion for him. I think that he... There was no way he was going to be normal. His mom screwed him up. And for the most part, and this sounds terrible, for the most part, he was just sticking up dead bodies. Like, it's harmful still to the families of the deceased. Sure. Yeah. And to their memory and desecrating corpses and all of that. It's not great. Sure. But at the same time, he he murdered two women and his brother. Um, (laughs) Once again, it's at Malice Pod across social media if you'd like to get get in touch and learn more about that. I don't even have to say allegedly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we've got those two. Edmund Kemper, who was known as the co-ed killer, he would basically pick up hitchhikers, Mm -hmm. and he was like this gentle giant. He was six foot nine. Wow. He actually wanted to go into being a police officer, but they didn't have uniforms large enough for him. So he was turned away. 
nobody killed could, his grandparents. Well, it's probably good he wasn't. He was. Well, yeah, but he still hung out with cops. I'll get to that. Oh boy. He had he killed his grandmother and his grandfather because his grandmother was overbearing, like his own mother, Larnell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, look, she didn't deserve to be murdered. Nobody deserves to be murdered. But Clarnell, Clarnell. She didn't deserve that name either. (laughs) Let's just say it suited her. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, (laughs) no shit. She sounds like. Yeah, she sounds like a brute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she was terrible to him. In fact, she would make him live, like, sleep in the basement. I don't understand. dark. Parents who do that like he was i just don't get it like he was terrible he was 10 years old 10 years Poor old baby and she can you stop him, fucking with that I'm you're so- just making it worse well, I know. sorry about <laughs> just hold it now and be okay. quiet sorry she told her son 10 year old edmund kemper mm-hmm. that she was gonna lock him in the basement to sleep because she was afraid he'd rape his sisters oh that's the kind of fucked up this mom was. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. And this kid, I mean, if you listen to any interviews with Ed Kemper, because he's put out a lot, mm-hmm. he's one that fascinates me and mm-hmm. did before Mindhunter. But if you watched Mindhunter, he prom- he was prominent okay. in the first season at least. So Cameron Britton, who played him, amazing. He was spot on. So anyway, um, he talks a lot about it. But anyway, Ed would kill these hitchhikers, these young women, co-eds. Mm-hmm. He would decapitate them. He'd take the heads home, and then he would desecrate the heads. Until he got to the point, put him over the edge. He came home one night and just went in to tell her goodnight. And she was in bed reading, and she said, Well, I suppose you're going to want to sit up and talk all night. And he just said, no, I'm going to bed. So he went in to go to bed. And his mother fell asleep. And he came into her room and brutally killed her. Jeez. And then, and then fucked her face, her head. Jeez. Before, before using it as a dartboard. Wow. Then, he hated his mother. Man. Oh, oh, that's nothing. Okay? Oh, God. He there... oh. even complained. He complained about... How people think that if you have this sort of uh, depraved or or whatever, this perversion to do mm-hmm. these things, it's an easy thing. And he was like, it's not. In fact, it was painful for me when I had sex with her throat. It hurt. Oh, but I had to do it. And on top of that, on top of that, well, he wanted to desecrate her body. Yeah. He wanted to just, you know, completely humiliate that body right he ended up pulling out her larynx and esophagus he put it down the disposal jesus christ wait he thought it was hilarious and completely fitting that the disposal spit it back out at him holy Uh shit Uh that is insane yes so Ed Kemper again, one that just is like, if you haven't looked into him, holy mother! Oh, I'm gonna like, now. He's one that has fascinated me for decades. Oh so, my like, gosh, he's he and Bundy are probably my top two. Yeah, who I'm interested in. Well, and they both decapitated heads and took them home. They did. Yeah, they that's did. Weird. And the thing about Bundy wasn't made public until yeah. fairly yeah. recently. Yeah, 
Um, you know, and I am, I'm connected with both EJ Hammond, who is the woman that I'm going to have on. Nice. And, uh, she's, she specializes in Buddy and, uh, I'm going to attempt to get Kevin Sullivan, who I'm in contact with as well, who's kind of the premier Bundy guy. Like that is epic. Interesting. About him. So again, there's just so much that people don't know. Right. You know, yes. um, but yeah, Ed Kemper, he's one that people are like, well, I watched Mindhunter. I know about him. <laughs> Do you now, know he fucked his another, mama's throat? No, you don't. Another point of connection because I do that because <laughs> uh, you got them <laughs> so you might as well flaunt them I, I mean look so he uh <laughs> you say uh, look look just a listen friend, to me. <laughs> a friend of mine who lived in california she's 13 years old mm -hmm. and she was going to a friend's birthday party oh and her grandfather was driving her mm -hmm. and this was in um where was it that he uh i'm blanking on where he's from and that's making me crazy um but she was going to this party she gives her her grandfather the address and her grandfather just like almost breaks the car right like pushing the brake yeah and he said i'm sorry give me that address again and she relayed the address he was like that's that's the house that Ed Gein lived in. No. That's where he that's where he dismembered his mother's body in the bathtub. <gasps> and so this girl shows up to this party, birthday party. Oh. Like, did you know that there was a body? And she was like, Did you know that Ed Gimmer dismembered his mom in this Kemper or Gein? Oh, like, Kemper or Gein? <laughs> Kemper. Oh, okay. You had said Gein, so I wanted to make sure. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's I'm okay. No, I figured. Definitely Kemper. Okay, cool. Definitely Kemper. Oh, yeah, my but God. I mean, can you even imagine just no. being like, it's my birthday. Oh. I'll never take a bath in that house again. Ever. Yeah. Again. Like, yeah, it's exactly. hard enough to get a teenage kid to bathe, but thanks. Thanks, kid. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Jeez. I mean, I can't, I can't oh. even imagine. But That's insane. She was like, my friend was just like, I was treated like a leper yep yep yeah oh, poor so friend to a different high school you know what i would have been friends with her i would have been like school. what <laughs> tell me more i know i know but see that's the difference between <laughs> murderinos and like normal people. yeah and the normies <laughs> oh the normal yeah. poor normies, normies there keep me sitting i broke my microphone so just no me. you you've you've disassembled I, your microphone stand I don't know how you did it, but you kept fucking with it, and now it's even worse than it was five <laughs> minutes ago when you could let it go. I told you to leave it alone, and you didn't listen. Sorry. So now you just have to hold it. Okay. okay. So on, I wanted to say, my computer, I don't have a charger with me right now, and it's at 6%. Okay. So, and and it's almost it's almost 8.30, okay. and we have to wrap it up because I have to get home. To oh, we got to get going here. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Of course. All right. Okay. So, so I want to talk to you for like a whole nother three, four we, hours. We could definitely do like another whole full episode. I'll just call you later, girl. Yeah. I got you now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. All right. So that's it. That is our best of 2022 episode. I apologize immensely that I did not, I did not feature every single clip 
from 2022, but let's face it, that would just take a hell of a lot of time, and a time that you don't have, and I don't have, so we're not going to dabble on that anymore, but this is the section of the show where I give a special shout out and thanks to all of our wonderful Patreon supporters, again, patreon.com slash Uh so, and no special right now, I gotta give a thank you to Mr. Chris Revel of Let's Chat with Chris Revel. I gotta thank uh, Matt and Ashley from Matchley at the Movies. Thank you very much. I gotta thank Jason Soto from Rabbit Hole Podcast. Thank you very much, Mr. Soto. I gotta thank Linda Castro from Bed Knobs and Broom Flits. Thank you very much. I gotta thank Donnie Roberts, who writes the Deep Sea Anthologies. He's on Twitter at Unreal Goals. Thank you, Mr. Donnie Roberts. He's also appeared on past episodes of ours. Um, okay, and then I gotta thank uh, Jeanette Mickenham at aka Jeanette. Thank you very much, Jeanette. I love you dearly. Uh, and then I gotta thank Mr. Harvey Andrus from Your Ex-Girlfriend, the band that I and Ashley are in. So thank you, Harvey. And then lastly, I gotta thank Jen, Lydia, and Naomi from Shot and Applause. Thank you very much for being a supporter of us on Patreon. Love you much. Love you very much. Uh, so yeah, next year is coming up, and I know Ashley and I are going to be meeting up on Tuesday just to kind of go over like a game plan of what we want to do this season. Uh, I think we've been boosting up in numbers here and there, uh, but we're trying to just do a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, look out for that. Uh, be sure to check out my other podcast, Tales from the Double R, that I co-host with Ryan Luis Rodriguez from One Track Mind and Reels of Justice. Whew, a lot of shit going on there, but I hope you all have a very, very happy new year. And I love you all very much dearly. And I hope you all have a bunch of love. I love you all dearly. Anyways, folks, I gotta go. Laters. Bye. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com.